People use technology every day, and so do I. But I've been wondering, does technology actually rot your brain? My partner Jason and I have learned that technology can be bad for your eyes, makes it hard to sleep at night, and there are studies that you get angry when you play aggressive games. But today, we will try to answer the question, if technology actually rots your brain. We will now ask Justin and Reese how much time they spend on technology every day. So Justin, how much time do you spend on technology every day? I spend about 45 to maybe an hour on screen time. Reese, how much time do you spend on technology every day? I spend around, usually when I'm just on my phone, it could be up to five hours. Um, when I'm on my Xbox, I get hooked on it. It's great. It go seven hours, and sometimes on weekends, it can go 13 hours. It could go longer than that. Go, it could go the whole day from morning. I lay in my bed, wake up, play Xbox till 1 a.m. So, yeah, it could be. Mrs. Mellon is our technology teacher at Discovery Elementary. We will now ask Mrs. Mellon if she thinks that all kinds of technology is bad for you and how it is good, can be good. <coughs> Mrs. Mellon, how can technology be resourceful sometimes? I think there's lots of ways that technology can be resourceful to students and to teachers. They can get facts and information just in time, so it's not ever old. They can use like the internet to get that kind of information. I think it's also useful because they can publish in um, ways that can be for an audience beyond their classroom. So they could use something like a blog or like this podcast, and they can reach people that aren't just at their school. Um, I think it's also helpful because they get to share ideas with their classmates so they can collaborate on a project. They don't have to work just by themselves. So when they use something like Google Docs or Slides or those kinds of projects, that's really helpful too. So Mrs. Mellon, when can technology be bad for you sometimes? Um, I think there's some ways that technology can be bad. Of course, there's websites and apps that are negative. They might be really violent or have um, inappropriate language or comments or videos. And so those in general would be negative. I can't see any positive to using those sites. Um, but even sites that might have some of that, let's say like YouTube, can have some real pluses. Like you, the most uploaded kind of video on YouTube is how-to. So you can learn just about any how-to that you'd need to know if you were on a site like YouTube. So um, I don't think that there's necessarily um, most sites and apps that are 100% good or 100% bad. I think it's more how people use them and what they want to use them for. The only other negative that I sometimes see is that people almost get addicted to their um, technology. They always have a tab open that's a game or they're always checking their phone or they feel like they need to be connected on social media constantly. And we know that's a problem for adults, but we know it's a, especially a problem in um, preteen and teen brains because their brains are still developing and they actually get a rush of dopamine, which is a chemical in our brain, which makes you feel good. And so it's easy to get that kind of rush feeling and not even realize it. And so I think it takes a real conscious effort that technology doesn't invade people's lives and take over doing things with people in person or doing things that have to be done like homework and chores.
Miss Brecky is a school counselor. She was our school counselor for three and a half years at Discovery Elementary. We are thankful for her experience, time, and expertise. We will now ask her how, how does the use of technology affect your mood and does it vary for different ages? So, Miss Brecky, how does the use of technology affect your mood? Well, I think it varies for certain people. Um, for we know that when we engage and interact with technology, phones, um, you know, different devices, that uh, we do often get a rise of dopamine. And that's the feel-good home run in our body. And there's a difference between using technology um, in an engaging way, and then there's a difference in using technology in a passive way. So using technology um, in a passive way would mean that you are just kind of consuming the content on your phone, right? So you are like just scrolling through social media. Maybe you're just mindlessly Snapchatting someone or you're um, just opening up your phone without really any purpose. Um, and I think when we get a notification on our phone, that's when we see those dopamine levels rise. And so if we if we turn on our phone and we don't get a notification, we're noticing in, in students and adults and lots of different people that they are, um, you know, that they could become upset or really sad or lonely. Um, and it can increase, you know, feelings of depression or anxiety in people because they're not, because um, because they feel like, you know, their worth is tied to how many notifications they have or how many likes they might have on social media or how many people are Snapchatting them or they see what their friends are doing and um, that might make them feel upset or left out. And also we notice that people are spending, um, you know, hours and hours and hours upon hours on their phones and probably not in an active, engaging way, right? It's mostly kind of passively engaging with their phones. Um, and so when we notice that we have those rises, then that means that also people are not doing other things to take care of themselves. So, you know, I invite everyone to just kind of think about how much time do they use their phones? Um, we have those tracking, um, now on my, now on my daily, weekly, you know, reports, I can see how much I've used my phone on average every day. And I think, you know, maybe three hours or less is a good idea to shoot for from what I've seen um, so that you're spending lots of time doing lots of other things that can increase our moods. So like exercising, you're engaging with your friends, you know, um, outside of the phones, maybe face to face interactions and different things like that. So when we, you know, engage in technology, um, instead of engaging in other activities uh, that that, you know, improve and enhance our mood. Um, then that's when I think we could see some really negative effects uh, of, of, from technology on our moods. And does it vary for different ages? Yeah, I think we've seen, you know, a rise in our younger students using technology. I think, you know, we can think about a discovery. Our kindergartners all have been using technology and iPads. Maybe you have younger brothers or sisters that already know how to use phones and technology or in front of the TV or different things like that. Now, the research isn't um, conclusive right now. We don't really know for sure exactly how it's affecting our younger students. But what we do know is this means that lots of us are spending less time being bored. 
And when we're bored, we find more time for creativity and talking and, um, and, and new ideas, you know, and, and, and amazing things like that when we're left alone with our thoughts or when kids are left alone just to kind of play with something on the floor or just, you know, create new things for themselves using their imagination. Um, we know that those are all really good things for kids to do, but maybe that they're not engaging in those things if they're given something like an iPad or, or something like that. There was an interesting study done where they saw kids could build with Legos or like with blocks on an iPad, but then if you set them in front of real blocks, um, these were like toddlers, that they couldn't really figure out how to do that. So we're noticing that that carryover of skills is also not really happening. So we also need to make sure that our kids are getting those physical experiences as well versus just doing it on the iPads or just using technology. Um, I think for our adolescent population, like, you know, through middle schoolers and high schoolers, we're noticing a huge rise in anxiety and depression um, and, and lots of mental health uh, dif difficulties because I think we're seeing a really huge rise in how many hours a day they're spending on their phones. So that's disrupting sleep patterns. It's disrupting um, their engagement with their friends and in real life interactions. And um, they have access to just a ton more things that, um, you know, might not always be helpful for their mental health. Um, and then they're not engaging, like I said, in other activities that we know are healthy um, and helpful for our mental health. So, um, yeah, I think it definitely varies. I think our adults, you know, there's an interesting question that if we asked adults like over 30 versus our younger population, um, would you rather, you know, see your see your phone fall out of your hand and shatter on the ground? Or would you rather break a bone in your hand? Most people over 30 would be like, I'd rather see my phone shatter. But I think it was something like 45% of kids, of you know, people maybe under the age of 30 or under the age of 20 or something, said that they would rather have their hand broken than see their phone broken. So that's a pretty big number in my mind um, of students who are just really, you know, really kind of obsessed with this, this device. And, and it really plays a big part in their world. So, yeah. Thank you. What advice can you give students who use too much technology? Great question. So um, we have, I mean, if you're noticing that you're, um, when you're using your technology, I think, you know, notice how you feel, first of all, when you're using your technology. Notice how you feel when you um, open up your phone or when you open up your iPad and you get a notification or you're on your social media and you don't get notifications. I just invite people to notice how that feels. Also, I would suggest that when you, whatever device you're using the most, you can, most iPhones, lots of other phones have an, you know, have a, where you can track your usage of your phone, just go in and look, see how much this week am I using my phone. There are lots, like the iPhone I know has these settings that you can 
put on it um, to really like curb your usage or to be more mindful of how much time you're actually using your phone. Um, if you're watching TV, for instance, you know, lots of our, uh, lots of our programs just kind of play the next episode right away. So I think maybe you just commit to saying, I'm going to watch two episodes. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to pause my TV or I'm not going to let the next episode play. And I'm going to make a decision. You know, do I walk and, and walk away, I should get up and walk away from the TV and maybe go get a drink of water or something and then decide if I want to come back and sit down or if I want to do something different. Um, and having those, putting those natural stopping points in um, when you're using something, I think has a really good strategy to use so that you're just not sitting there mindlessly kind of, you know, watching TV or playing a video game or something, you know, just letting the time go by. Um I, I think that we could um, we could turn off all the notifications on our phones. That's a really, really good one that I've utilized recently is just turning off every notification. Do not let any notifications on your phone unless it's for messages or calling. Like text messages or calling are the only ones I have on my phone. I physically now have to go into the apps like Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, anything. It doesn't even show me the notifications on the little apps. Even my email are all turned off. And I think we could all benefit from just turning off all of our notifications on our phones. Um, that makes us less likely to go in and, and check out something and have that kind of tell us when we need to check something. We can check something when we're ready. Um, I think another idea would be to... Um, at nighttime, you just say like at nighttime, I am I'm going to turn my phone off an hour before bed. We know that by research, an hour before bed, and even two hours before bed, exposing our eyes to that that kind of technology is a really good strategy, especially if you're having a hard time sleeping at night. So definitely at least an hour before bed, and even when you wake up in the morning, you know, an hour after you wake up in the morning, that could be a time you know, before you check your phones. And that's definitely what I've implemented in my day too. And I found really, really awesome success with that. It's just so good. I feel like I can go throughout my day and, you know, I can sleep better at night and just found different effects of that. Um, also, I think making, like making a rule in your household, just introduce this idea that we have a tech-free dinner for you know, one hour or a half hour, if you're eating alone or if you're eating with your family, you're not using technology at all because that gives you time for connection and face-to-face -face interaction and, um, you know, time to just be with each other without having any distractions. So those are some suggestions that I would make, um, you know, to use technology more effectively. Um, and, and if you guys want me to, you know, we can make posters or you can type something up. I think it'd be cool to have that in writing for everyone to see. So thank you so much, you guys. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you. So in this podcast, we've learned that technology can have some positive and negative effects on your everyday life and how, you know, what happens. But I'm pretty sure out of everything that we've heard that technology isn't always the best thing to use like if you're on games all day or if you're constantly watching videos but it can be useful sometimes on different things like websites that you need information so after all not the best but technology doesn't rot your brain